Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show, brought to you tonight by DraftKings. Want to get a head start on your daily fantasy season? Then go to arenasportsnet.com right now. Click on the banner at the top of the screen. DraftKings, daily fantasy sports for cash. And for God's sake, Rick, will you please play responsibly? No, I will not. <laughs> Just throw it all away. <laughs> I'm not going to play responsibly. I doubled up on my bet. Now, I kept it low. I played in the 50-50s, $5 right. leagues. I doubled up the 15 I put in. I didn't just do that every week. It would be a pretty nice payout at the Heck end of the yeah. year. yeah. There you go. 50 is the way to go. You don't win anything, but you don't have all the jas out there too you know what i mean right. you just can't beat their computer models but we are flieger and briggs welcome to the asylum right here on the arena sports network week two is in the books oh, and i've God. come to the conclusion that it has to be week four before we can legitimately have any intelligent comments on who to start over who oh it's junk it, it, we did better last week a lot better yeah actually. we did a lot better now the injuries just crushed wow. everybody what can you do soul. you can't forecast those how can you forecast a week like that? this whole first segment i'm just reading an right. injury report this isn't even going to be good radio but you have to be updated on it but it's just reading a freaking injury report oh it's terrible it's unbelievable if you listen to the inside slant live on sunday morning you'll uh, know that rick and i make uh, predictions and i, I don't I don't think I had a very good week. I actually you know? bounced back. I was 11 and 5. I'll take that. Well, that's pretty good. I don't think I was that high. Was no, I? no, no. Let me, let me go. <laughs> Did you add them up for me? I don't know. Uh, I can't remember which ones you took. All right. I don't have I'm going to do it real quick. 1 and 0, 1 and 1, 2 and 1, 2 and 2, 3 and 2, 3 and 3. See a theme here? Yeah. 4 and 2, 4 and 3, 5 and 2, 5 and 3, 6 and 3, 6 and 4, 6 and 5, 7 and 5, 7 and 6, 8 and 6, 8 and 7. <laughs> Eight and seven is only fifteen games. So what one did I miss? So I'm probably eight and eight. I don't, I don't know. I think I you said one. five and three three times. No, I probably you're did. probably you're probably six and ten. Yeah, it was a bad week. <laughs> it was a bad week. Stunning, all of it. The injuries. The injuries. What can I? Let's let's just get right into it, Rick. We got to talk about. No, we got a Peterson. lot to cover tonight. We have injuries to cover. We have love and hate. We got balls and socks. Oh, what else? Oh, panic. I, I got, is it time yeah. to panic? A little yeah, thing we'll exactly. do in the third segment. Yep. Of course, we got qu- your questions in the fourth segment. Yeah. ton of trade questions. Go. I guess the answer, time to panic, without even getting there yet, that being two segments away, apparently is yes. Well, because it is. the entire mailbag is trade questions. Well, once we get through the injury report, yeah. I, I know why these guys are. Well, once we get through the injury report, I'm smacking my microphone off the console and I'm leaving. So right. good luck with the rest of this as I sit 0-2 in every freaking league that 
it matters to me. The heck with you, Allen Robinson. The heck with you, Russell Wilson. The heck with you, everybody who got injured, three of which were in one starting lineup in one league. It, it has been nothing, to use our, our buddy Dean's phrase, it's been nothing but a dumpster fire for me so far. <laughs> and on teams, and we'll get into this more in the third, so I don't care, we'll do it now. In teams, Rick, I'm happy with. I'm comfortable with, and they're not scoring. Let's talk about the kid. Let's make it all about me for a minute. In the cave, when don't we? Exactly. I got Russell Wilson. Yeah, he's off to a bad start. Am I wrong that Russell Wilson did this last year? And all that when he went nuts and Baldwin went nuts, it was about week seven or week eight. Right. They sort of figured it out. Yeah. I got Brandon Marshall, who's not scoring. I got Allen Robinson, who I love, who's just not scoring. The running back, forget the running back. T.Y. Hilton I'm not crazy about. I got great tight ends. It's just nobody's scoring. I don't want to panic when I look at this team. I love it, but I can't get within 50 of anybody the first couple of weeks. Oh, I know. I understand. You know, it – you know, fortunately, my team has been scoring. You know, Matt Forte has You're been gonna be a huge. Handful. You're going to be a handful this year. I did lose Doug Martin for three weeks, as we'll cover here. But my receivers have been what Antonio Brown was shut down. It still yeah. didn't matter. And Cooper didn't have that great of a game. No. Well, you got the kind of week you got out of Forte. Calvin And the kind Benjamin. of week you got out of Benjamin. That's enough to carry you most weeks. Alan Hearns, my flex, was a double digit. Yeah. Al- albeit garbage time. I doesn't matter. It's fantasy. Oh, I love garbage time. That's my favorite time. Yeah. I actually got excited, and it didn't work out for Allen Robinson. I got excited as much as I like the Jaguars, and they got down 20. I said, holy hell, Allen Robinson's going to have 14 catches because they're down 30 at halftime. This is going to be great, and it still never happened. But we'll get into all that in the third segment, Rick. Let, let's knock it out right here. Headlines. Adrian Peterson tears his meniscus. Going to be out for months. There's people grasping that he's going to play at the end. He's not going to be back in time to make any meaning for your fantasy squad unless you're in a keeper league. Dump him. It's over. Jarek McKinnon, Asiata, what's your play there, Rick? Asiata, like the first time he went out. Because I think he's more of a red zone threat, and, and they'll use him. He's a hammer. And, um, you know, a couple years ago when uh, Peterson was out, I think Osceola ended up with, what, 10 touchdowns? I mean, I think he's your play. Mm-hmm. McKinnon is probably going to get the bulk of the load. It may, maybe he's improved some. or, or, or But, I mean, let's, let's not kid ourselves. They don't have Bridgewater. They've lost um, uh, Peterson. They lost, uh, what, Oh, and I forget his name. The offensive guard, Khalil, mm-hmm. lost him for the season. That doesn't bode well for Minnesota. And yeah. now you're going to mass audio. Mass. Matt. Aussie, uh, <laughs> come on, you can do it. Matt. Matt. Asiata. Say it again. And Jarrett McKinnon. Right. <laughs> oh, my good, God. Good job. Yeah, Very yeah. nice. Matt Asiata yeah. or Mass Amiata, <laughs> as Rick Briggs calls. Rick Briggs yeah, calls Rick, Rick Briggs. Brig. <laughs> Yeah, Dude, what, a ter- what a terrible talk show! Latin the rest of the way, it'll probably make more sense. <laughs> It'd be more entertaining, anyhow. Yeah. I think you hit on it, Rick. McKinnon's going to get to work between the twenties. I think in a PPR format, he'll probably be all right. I'll be curious to see what Sam Bradford does with a guy like that. Who couldn't be impressed with what Sam Bradford did on Sunday night? I think it may be fool's gold. Another topic for another day. At this point, maybe in the balls and socks, we'll get into that a little bit. Asiata you got to pick him up. I don't know where I feel comfortable playing him. If you remember when this happened last time with the two of them, it was McKinnon doing all the work, doing sort of the yeoman's work. Right. No big numbers to speak of, but put up a fair amount of yards, and it was Asiata putting up the fantasy points as he right. just sniped all of the touchdowns. If that happens again, how much can you count on these touchdowns week in and week out? I think the answer is unless you're a Peterson owner, 
I don't think you're scooping these guys up and I'll be honest figuring with to you. play them every single week. If Bradford can, can continue at least in his you know, 80% of what he did before with the emergence of Diggs mm-hmm. and the rest of that crew, I think they're going to still be able to move the football. Oh, no doubt about which it. Which means I think they'll get in the red zone, which means I think Osceola will still be able to find the end zone a few times yeah, this and, year. And you see, you know, just basing everything on the community's thoughts on it on Twitter, McKinnon seems to be the guy they're talking about. Osceola right. seems to be forgotten. Of course, you're going to have to take a week or two, but let's remember, Asiata had that nose for the end zone, and yeah, yep. McKinnon did most of the work, but Asiata did most of the scoring. But let's get back to the, the crux of the matter. It was interesting that Peterson elected to go with the surgery. This tells me, here's a guy in his 30s, and... Well, I tell you what, retirement's not far away. No, it, it's I mean, because it's, it's over, Rick. It's if, over. If he was 27... He'd have got that thing trimmed, right? And he'd have been back in a couple of weeks. He'd have missed three weeks. They'd have zipped him up for a season, and but he'd have got the full scope in the off season. He's not taking any chances. He's not. He's not going to be crippled. He's about done. He's about done all he can do, and I think he's resigned himself to the fact he's not going to win a Super Bowl. No, no, no. And what else is there? Right, right. And it's sad to see. I mean, his next stop is the Asylum uh, Fantasy Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, before the real football. Well, Hall yeah, of, fame. of course. We'll get we'll get him in first. If we we might have him in already, actually. We have active players in there, don't we? Yeah, but I can't remember if he's in yet. I don't, I don't think he is. Well, that's an oversight on the committee's part. Well, so yeah, they, they need to get on that. Well, let's be honest. I think, and, and we talked about it over the summer, Rick. I had fears that this might be when he hits the 30-year-old wall to begin with. And for a game and three quarters or a game and a half, whatever it was, he, he made me look look right. You know what I mean? Sadly, now he had games like that. I don't remember him stringing games back-to-back like that together. You know, the Tennessee defense, not the 85 Bears by any means. The Packers are, are a nice defense. But couldn't get anything going offensively. I don't know if it was Peterson. I know watching the game Sunday night, Collinsworth talked a ton, a ton. And, you know, and I – I trust him. I think he knows the game. That for whatever reason, which is odd to me in Minnesota, that they they're better pass blockers than run blockers. It seems so. Really, really struggled there to to run the ball. I had concerns about Peterson as it was, and now this injury. I, I think it's over for him. He'll probably come back one more year, probably next year. But I wouldn't have any high hopes for him. We're talking about an eighth, ninth round pick next year. No, oh, no doubt about that. I mean, the mileage this guy has on him. I, you know, it catches up with you quick. Right, right. I mean, you talk about, well, you know, so. well, come on now, D'Angelo's older than he is. Yeah, but D'Angelo Williams, if you if you look back, was platoon most of his career on a John Fox team that right. refused to use him, mm-hmm. which I thought was ludicrous. But now that he's on Pittsburgh, I'm glad it all happened. He had the one big year in '09, and then they bring in Jonathan Stewart, and it was a 50-50 split thereafter, irregardless of how bad Jonathan Stewart was during that period right. of time. They platooned it there. He, he missed parts of years. And he, let's be honest, he's done it in short stretches in a year and two games here in Pittsburgh now. So it, it just happens. So it, it's sad to see, but I think we've hit an end of the air. And quite honestly, he made it a lot longer than most guys in his mold who do what he does have done it. So exactly. th- that day was coming. Rick, uh, we talked about Dean right off the top of the show. We talk about Dean a lot. Oh, former Asylumite of the Year. He's well, always true. on top of mind. 
if you remember in week one, he had the issue of Michael, Gordon, and Woodhead, and we whiffed on it the first time. Then he was down to Gordon and Woodhead. It got a little easier. Now it's going to be real easy. I'm guessing we don't hear from Dean again because he knows who's his, who his starter is yeah. in Melvin Gordon because now Danny Woodhead out again with an ACL. Just hate to see it. That guy's fun to watch. Yeah, and he's done. I, I really think he yeah. is done. He's two, in his 30s. Two ACLs. Yeah, I, I don't see much future for Danny Woodhead. But – Melvin Gordon's been looking good, and, uh, you know, if San Diego can somehow string any sort of consistency together on offense and play some sort of semblance of defense, they actually could be competitive in the AFC West. It's, Oakland sure doesn't seem to be as powerful as everybody thought. Defensively, they're terrible. Kansas City, I think I told you I was looking for them to, them to have a bad year. You don't win 10 in a row every year. You can't start off. like they, They've got problems. Saying now's Denver, yeah, and, with a rookie and Trevor well, Simeon, who second year guy, who but, may be, you know, he may be Trent Dilfer. He's sort of looking like that, right? He gets it done just enough to let that defense take it over. So that Denver team's still very scary. So yeah, I'm excited about Melvin Gordon. Finally, this year got off the Schneid. He's sitting at three touchdowns in two games. Yeah, hate his yards per carry, but how we talked about it. He was in week one. He was only on the field thirty percent of the snaps. That's certainly going to go dramatically up. We're going to know real quick, Rick, and especially in these next three weeks, they have such a favorable schedule coming up. I believe it. I can't remember off the top of my head. I know New Orleans is in there. There's three just cake matchups in a row. I think Oakland and New Orleans, I'm blanking on the third coming up. There's going to be opportunities. Phil Rivers is going to be a nice play every week, especially in a daily. Travis Benjamin, we saw what he did against a soft defense. And now Melvin Gordon's going to have a chance to really get on track here. So they got some nice matchups coming up. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, I'm going to – oh, here it is. It's finally popping up here. Uh, let's see. San Diego has what at the Colts this week? That's the other one. Yeah, at the Colts this week, and then uh, you know they are on the road. I believe the Raiders in in New Orleans after that. Well, I don't know where those games are played, but we're not talking about uh, very stout defenses. So it's looking pretty good for for these matchup yeah. plays in San Diego. Home against the Saints. I love that. <laughs> that, that, that. That game could be played in the 70s, the way those two teams have played defense. Yeah, and then they're at Oakland. But right. Yeah, you're right. That's so a it's... bad defensive team. So some opportunities there. All right, let's keep keep moving. Jimmy Garoppolo, sprained AC joint and a throwing shorter, Jaco- shoulder. Jacoby Brissett likely to start. Here's what excites me, Rick, and you know how it's going to go. This game's going on as you're listening to this show. Julian Edelman's the backup. Can yeah. you not almost guarantee – that that Brissett goes down somewhere in the second quarter and Julian Edelman comes out, runs some sort of nonsense option offense, and New England wins this game. I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> it's just what's going to This sets up beautifully for Bill Belichick. I think this is Bill Belichick's legacy game, this stupid week three Thursday night game against Houston where Julian Edelman runs the option and wins an NFL game. <laughs> I think that's what happens. I'm predicting it here. All right, you heard it first. Here. Let's talk about Garoppolo a little bit, right? When I don't know what his contract status is, but whenever Garoppolo's contract comes up, I think Tom Brady's gone, right? <laughs> as good as well as he's playing at forty whatever years old, you going to let Garoppolo walk? <laughs> Are you really going to do that? He looks like the real. I don't know if it's Belichick or I don't know if it's Garoppolo, but he come in. That offense did not miss a beat, and they were in the process of just blowing the doors off of Miami before he went down. Yeah, exactly, and. Yeah, 
it, it just depends. I mean, Brady will certainly start when he gets back, obviously. And I think it's just going to be how he continues to play. He certainly doesn't seem to have slowed, slowed down no, any. No, no. But, you know, they're not going to go sign him to another long-term deal. No, I think he's Drew Bledsoe, though. I, I think Garoppolo pushes him out. It, it happens in this league. It's very possible. And I think he, he might have a couple decent years somewhere. He'll be Joe Montana in Kansas City or something. Get him to the playoffs. Might not finish it off, but it'll get him to the playoffs. Now, how bad, how much worse can things go in Cleveland? Yeah, it's Cleveland first you, of all. You so they've with, always got you that. You went with RG three. Yeah, big mistake. Okay, well, let, let let's go back. Time Let's even go back. All right. Let's fire your scouts. Well, yeah. And we don't. When we have the opportunity to take Carson Wentz, you know, we take Jared Goff. Right? Isn't that what they did? Who took Jared Goff? The Rams took Jared. I mean, Goff. what yeah. in the world are you talking about? Yeah. But they, they traded out and took RG three. Yeah, that's and what, traded they, the pick to Carson Wentz. Yeah, it, they'd be butt sized if Jared Goff was in Cleveland. Right yeah, now. that was. My, I'm sorry. Yes, but but they fired their scouts. Of that's course. what they did. Then they traded. Right. Uh, but yeah, and they went with the RG three experiment. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah, I, and that I, lasted one game. Right. That lasted one game. Then Josh McCown <laughs> comes in. Okay, things are back to normal. Right. Well, no. Now he's gone. Now we have Cody Kessler starting, who is a rookie. We have Corey Col- Coleman. Yeah, broke his hand. Broken in hand. <laughs> Unreal. Broken hand. He's doubtful. He won't be playing. Now you're down to a rookie quarterback, Terrell Pryor and Andrew Hawkins. Oh, and by the way, Josh Gordon, there's another warrant out for his arrest. Did yes, you see that little Because nugget? he didn't bother to show up for paternity testing, apparently. Now, apparently, the legal office already came out and said this won't affect his status. We'll see about that, but that's what they're saying right now. So, we saw flashes of a run game last week. What is to stop Miami from throwing seven or eight in a box oh, that's all on you do. every play? Yeah. And whitewashing them 24 yeah, nothing. Go ahead and beat me. Kessler and Pryor, if you two dummies can beat right. us, we'll own it. Otherwise, Isaiah Crowell is not getting off. It's not happening. And, look, they showed a semblance of a running game. And, look, I hate doing this. You can never take away a big run. But how great was it to take out the 85-yard touchdown run? I know you can't take it out. It was yeah, a big I mean, part of their offense. But beyond that, we're still talking less than four yards of carry. Yeah, I mean, you take the 85 yards off and say it was, I don't know, what, an eight-yard game? Mm-hmm. Give them something, obviously. Okay, now you're down to, you take the 85, that's 78 yards off of, what, a buck 30? Right. So now you're at roughly 65 yards. And you're taking the what? touchdown away, and we're right. saying, you know, the typical Isaiah Crowell. No, look, you can't take it away. I don't right. know how often this happens for an Isaiah Crowell. Not as often as it's going to happen for a lot of other guys. But now he's got no chance. And this is a guy we both like, Rick, and you talked about a lot in the offseason. It was coming to fruition that, that Hugh Jackson said, we're getting him more involved. Right. And, and you've seen it. D- Duke Johnson – Remember, he used to be one of the flex picks in every question we got every Sunday You're morning right. last season. He's not even relevant now. It's Ben Crowell. Jackson has made that commitment. And I think any struggles Crowell had to this point was nobody respected RG3. Nobody had a ton of fear about McCown. God knows nobody's scared of, of Kessler, Kessler right. with, with your top two wide receivers out on top of that. So, Crowell, I'm not going to – 
disparage him, but the kid don't got a prayer. They are not yeah. running the football. No, Corral is, is very, to me, similar to what we were talking about with Melvin Gordon. Right. Last year he ran hard, really had nothing to show for Exactly. It. This year it's turning around some, at least early on for Melvin Gordon and Crowell to start with. Very similar. But with all the all the casualties on Cleveland, I'm with you. I mean, he's going to be ugh, I, I think he's just gonna be in for a long year. And I think they're gonna have to start playing Duke Johnson. Yeah, that's that's the kind of player he might come back into prominence using that term loosely a little bit here because that's a good weapon for Cody Kessler, whoever the hell that is, to sort of get you Might be good for Barnage. You know, Barnage didn't take off like we thought he would last week with McCown. But but your tight end, a pass catching back, these guys, if you if you got a gun in your mouth for whatever reason and you have to play Cleveland Browns, those are probably the two guys for right now. You would think so. You got a six foot six, two 250-pound tight end. I don't even know what it was, 81 catches or something like yeah, that last yeah. year or something like that. I don't have it right in front of It was in the 80s, me. definitely. He's got four for 37 right. right now. And all last week. So that was a big step up. Yeah. Because <laughs> he got zippy in week one with, with your boy RG3. Yeah. All right, Jay Cutler injures his thumb. He's not going to need surgery. He will miss some time. Brian Hoyer to start. I, I'm going to hazard a guess here, Rick. Brian Hoyer doesn't give up that job. This Bears team stinks. Jay Cutler stinks. You know, I always felt like he got a bad rap, but at this point, I don't. it's gone. I can't blame it on anything else but Jay Cutler. We saw Brian Hoyer move that Texans offense at a lot of points last year and led him to the playoffs. He missed a lot of time with injury, but led him to the playoffs. I, I, I don't think Hoyer gives his job back. I think I might agree with you. I think early on Jay Cutler got a bad rap, but as – as his career has progressed, not only does he play worse, he seems less and less interested. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. This guy on the field does not even show any iota of leadership. Right. He just doesn't. I mean, Brandon Marshall was a leader of that offense. Him and Matt Forte, man, they're gone. And there's just nothing on that offense that even, I don't know, it even hints at a cohesive unit. Right, and I don't think, look, normally it's the quarterback, but not every quarterback has to be the raw. You know, Eli Manning's won a couple Super Bowls looking like a dullard on the sideline. But not only is Jay Cutler uninspiring, not only does he look bored out there, he almost looks annoyed that he has to be there. And I don't know, you hate to put too much on a facial expression or, or, or you know, the body, what, what's body the word? language. Body language, that's what I'm trying to say. Baddie language. Baddie language. <laughs> but but I, this guy looks like the bears are really bothering him. Ajayi. We're getting there. <laughs> Just relax. He looks annoyed that he's been asked to even be there, and I think I that can permeate through an offense. And I think this could be good for Alshon Jeffrey because one thing we did notice is Hoyer will lock in last year with a guy like Hopkins and just feed him the ball, win, lose, or draw. It doesn't matter. Alshon Jeffrey could, be, could see 12, 15 targets each and every week because that's what Hoyer does. There's no doubt about that. And I don't know. Chicago is a total wreck, and, and their defense – for as, for as much of a mess as it's been the last couple of years, 
hasn't played horribly the first two games. No, I mean, I mean, they're, I mean look, let's, they're right. There's a lot of bad defenses in this league. They're yeah. amongst them, but they're not atop the worst. No, exactly. And, I mean, they're – I don't know. They lost to Philadelphia. I don't know what it was, 29-14. Right. And they, I, God, I think that was what it was last week, too. Yeah, one of the touchdowns was on a punt return. Yeah, so. I think it was and like they have no 29-14. Yeah. I can't remember exactly, but I think that's what it was. Well, I told you, Rick, 2-14. and 14. I'm not sure yet how they're going to get to 2. This team is just horrific. They're the dregs. I, I agree with you. Yeah. And you very well could be right with Hoyer. I mean – they're certainly not going. Oh no, twenty three fourteen to Houston, twenty nine fourteen to Philadelphia. So I mean, they haven't been getting up a ton of points no. in this pass happy league, <laughs> but they can't score. You can you probably go zero and two, giving up twenty three and twenty nine, but you're not shouldn't be getting blown out in both games. Quite no. frankly. All right, let's keep moving, Rick. I know you want to push the button. Look, looks like my boy Arian Foster is going to miss a game or two with a string groin. Here we go. Ajayi. What do you make of Ajayi? You trust him? You play him for a week or two? If I had him, I certainly would. I mean, look, there. I've always been a proponent of if you have a running back that's starting as opposed to, you know, this third down pass catching guy. Right. I'll start the guy that's starting. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's going to get the bulk of the work. There's, there's no doubt. And look, about I don't that. think it's going to be pretty. Miami's just bad. Let, let's be honest. Number one, Miami's just bad, and Arian Foster hasn't got it going. So, so the running game really isn't there, save for that one fifty-yard catch against Seattle in Week One. Foster's done ostensibly nothing to this point, even sure, though but, he won that job outright in the preseason. Now he only played what two snaps or whatever he played in Week Two. So it's hard to hard to judge that. I don't expect any big things from Ajayi, but you better keep him around. It couldn't be any worse, and this is going to happen to Foster a couple of times. He's going to well, miss six, seven games if this they, year. If That's things, what Foster does. If things are going to happen for the Dolphins, it's going to happen this week. Look, they, they lost a two-point squeaker on the road at Seattle. They lost on the road in New England by a single touchdown. They're at home against Cleveland. Well, yeah, they'll win this game. Yeah, well, <laughs> And, you know, then they I go hope. on the road at Cincinnati, which could be another loss. Then they got Tennessee at home. They could be two and three. Then they're at home with Pittsburgh. Okay, well, just logistically, we'd say two and four. And then they're home again with Buffalo. They could be three and four at the bye, which wouldn't kill them. They're setting up for a classic Ryan Tannehill seven and nine. This is what we do, you know, to borrow a phrase from Jeff Fisher. That's some seven and nine s. You know they, what I mean? That's what they, they do. My point is, after the bye, okay, they have the Jets, but then they have the Chargers, the Rams, the 49ers. Those are winnable games. Absolutely. And and then there's, you know, Baltimore. I'm, jury's out on them, but they're playing pretty well. Arizona, I don't – boy, we're going to get it. Okay. And then uh, – <laughs> Eureka. Yeah, I, it's going to be it's going to be a tough sled for uh, Miami. But, you know – they are who they are. Ajayi, Ajayi is who he is. they should have some success. Ajayi, yes, should have some success some. As, as it goes on hey. if, if Foster stays out, which I'm sure he will. Hey, modicum, if you all right, Doug Martin to uh, have an MRI on that hamstring. What would they say, Rick? Three weeks, I believe. Three weeks, yes. The MRI did come back. Charles Sims to take over the carry. I tell you what, based on matchup and a PPR format, Sims can move that ball, and Sims that's a guy. A good player. That's a guy. I, I'm not sure if you had him handcuffed because a lot of people drafted Sims. I don't know why there seemed to be this feeling that he was going to get plenty of touches. 
even with Martin playing, that hasn't seemed to have happened. He's gotten his plays, but not nearly as much for, for what I think his ADP was. But this is a guy of all the in, all the injury replacements moving around, and I don't think Sims was on your waiver wire, but maybe in a 10-team league he was, yeah. and guys getting picked up. This is the one guy I think set up. It's going to be a much shorter stretch, but set up for the best chances of success, if I can spit that out for our English-speaking listeners. Yes, right. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, I hate to see Doug Martin go out. I tell you, these hammies and stuff like that, they just tend to linger all season long. You're right. You're Not right. always, but, boy, I tell you, it's, a, it's better than 50-50 that he's going to be hampered all year I think long. these guys tend to come back a week early, and it costs them four weeks down the road. That's what it, it seems what like. seems to happen. All right, uh, Jonathan Stewart out two weeks with a hammy. What surprised me, the only reason this is even worth talking about, is Stewart is who he is. Right. Is Fozzie Whitaker being named the star? What happened to Cameron Artis Payne? That's very strange to me. Saw a lot of Artis Payne questions in the email. I didn't even put him in there because it's Fozzie Whitaker. Yeah, exactly. 100 yards when Stewart was out. You know, let's face it. He's performing better than Artis Payne is. And... You know, Ron Rivera is going to play the guy that gives him the best chance to win. And right, right now it's Fozzie Whitaker. Why Artis Payne? I liked Artis Payne coming I into I carried his him on my year. roster all year last year, right. Rick, waiting for Stewart to go down, thinking he was the guy. Now, Stewart never went down, and now Fozzie Whitaker passed him up. So apparently we were wrong on Artis Payne, at least to this point in his career. So far, exactly. All right, Rick. Well, we're up against it. Let's, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll finish up the injury report because there's still a half a page here. <laughs> we'll do our balls and socks, get into love, hate, all of that and more here exclusively on the Arena Sports Network. All right, welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Arena Sports Network, arenasportsnet.com, at Asylum Football on Twitter if you want to be part of the show. All right, Rick, let's keep it moving. we got so much to do. I want to get through this god-awful injury report. Amir Abdullah onto the IR with a foot injury. A little excited about Theo Riddick now. A little bit. Not thrilled, but a little bit. Detroit can move the football. And he likes to catch the football. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm high on Theo Riddick's chances of, of being a fantasy producer, no doubt about it. Yeah, I think you take away the carries that uh, Abdullah was getting or uh, looks in the passing game. They almost all go to Riddick now. I think, I think this guy could be a sneaky play week in and week out. Thomas Rawls looks like he's going to be all right after boning every fantasy owner in America, much like he did to me last week. It looks like him, Baldwin, Lockett, everybody should be good to go. We'll see about Russell Wilson. He'll obviously play, but we'll see what it means to him. Same with Doug Baldwin. Dante Moncrief, Rick, four to six weeks with a collarbone issue. There's a team I'm worried about is Indy. Indy's in trouble. They got no secondary. They I got no offensive I thought he had a broken line. shoulder blade. I thought I just read Moncrief out four to six weeks with a shoulder. I thought, this it was a, is, I thought it was a broken shoulder blade is what I heard. Well, let's read here. Wide receiver Dante Moncrief will miss the next four to six weeks with a fractured shoulder blade. That's so, what I thought, yeah. So apparently that's not as – you'd think that'd be a season ender. That'd be a painful one to come back from. Oh, you're but, not kidding. Yeah, maybe bodes well for T.Y. Hilton. Philip Dorsett is interesting, interesting here. And I, I'm real, real worried about this Colts team. 
And as good as Andrew Luck is as a quarterback, the inability to protect him. Now, you're not going to play Denver every week, I understand, but their inability to protect him is terrifying. It is. And I tell you what, that whole division, you know, Indianapolis, you have a lot of concerns with Indianapolis. I didn't have really high expectations. I got a lot of you know consternation for Jacksonville. They are playing horrible oh, football. Oh, God. I almost hope now that the allevi- they've alleviated the pressure of being talked about as a playoff team, which clearly they're not ready to be discussed as. And now maybe they play fast and loose and go back to losing 38-35 like they did so well last right. year. Just the inability to move the ball. We'll get into them plenty in the next segment, Rick. I got a lot of whining to do about that. You know, it mainly comes down to my own fantasy teams, which is all I'm really interested in talking about. Marcus Wheaton expected to play in week three, a surprise scratch from the week two lineup. But he says he would have been good enough to go. I'm curious to see how that's all gonna work. Now that slop they played in in Pittsburgh, the weather stunk. Antonio Brown got shut down. Eli Rogers really did nothing. This was all D'Angelo Williams and two real deep passes to Sammy Coates was all the offense was. Some tight end I'd never heard of as a Steeler fan when he caught that first touchdown. I said, who is this guy? Right, you know, yeah. That's embarrassing when you're around your family and you're supposed to be either sitting in your radio studio watching a game. Who's that? And I got to go, <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, course, yeah, well, you know, it's uh, – I I scouted him in college. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. he's good. Looks like Gronk is back practicing. He may be able to go tonight. We'll see about that. And Zach Ertz still day-to-day with that misplaced, displaced rib, whatever it was. I, I know he. I think that's going to be an all-year deal if he doesn't just sit down and let that heal. I worry about that. Oh, there's no question about that. You know, other teams to have concern about. Justin Forsett owners. What do you do? Terrence West owners. Is Kenneth Dixon going to come back in week five or six and just put these guys on a bench? I think you – I avoid them all. <laughs> Pardon I, me. I, 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 don't, I just want no part of it. We talked about it in the preseason. I almost don't care who emerges is the guy with the other two there. They're going to get fed to a certain degree just not getting the ball. Look, if Justin Forsett can't put up good numbers against Cleveland, you know, I used him as a – cheap option in some daily leagues last week you just did nothing it's just not there that's not who they are they're they're both uh, i'm talking for set and west they're both averaging three yards a carry buck allen hasn't had a carry all year right and they're two and oh <laughs> dennis pitta has four thousand catches all of a sudden no, I, I mean i take that back. i mean but 12 catches for 141 yards and i mean it, they are just I don't know. It's a, it's a strange Baltimore Raven team right now. I mean, Mike Wallace had to, has three touchdowns. I mean, Mike, Mike Wallace hasn't been relevant in three right. years. Right. And, and all of a sudden he has three touchdowns through two games. Well, that's what they're going to do, Rick. They're going to fling it around, which is why I just flat don't care who, who the running back's going to be at any given time. It's going to be spread out, and even if it is, they're going to average three yards a carry, and they're going to chuck, and they're going to chuck, and they're going to chuck, and that's that's what they're going to do. Joe Flacco fancies himself Drew Brees, and they're going to chuck the ball. Win, lose, or draw, that's what they're going to do. So basically what you're saying is, because I put a question to you and you've never answered Oh, what was the question? Do you think Kenneth Dixon, when he comes back, is going to put these guys on the bench? No. 
for a certain percentage of carry, but they're all going to well, get worked. Obviously, but they're all going to get worked. So, so my answer to the question is this: the Baltimore backfield. <laughs> how was that? Is that a good enough answer for you? One more time. <laughs> Well, he's not showing up anytime <laughs> soon. All right, Rick, time for game ball stinky socks. I'll let you start this show, Rick. Give me your game ball for week two. It almost seems like ancient history, but uh, I'm giving it to Matt Forte. Wow, yeah. 100 yards and three touchdowns in – it's it's a, it's a strange thing, and we'll get into the next segment with the love and hate, but um, – Matt Forte getting a lot of work in the New York backfield right now. Right. Uh, Belil Powell, not even hardly visible. No, no. He'll pop up for a spell here and right. there, uh, a garbage carry, but the goal line looks are going. And I thought for all the world that Powell would see the goal line look. For all the world, I believe that coming into the year. They are not taking Forte off the field. I mean, you get in the end zone three times, that sets up for a good week for anybody. It sure does, and i, I got to give them the game ball. All right, my game ball, Rick, nine catches, 182 yards and a wow. touchdown with a brand-new quarterback, Stephon Diggs, game ball for that week. Yes, sir. And i got to tell you, he's worth talking about. He had seven catches for 100 in week one. This kid's a real deal. We saw this for a stretch last year, and it kind of faded as the year went on. This kid is the real deal. He is impossible to cover. He, he's fast. He can slash through the secondary. Stephon Diggs is a dangerous weapon, and it almost doesn't matter who's chucking the ball there in Minnesota. They're going to find ways to get the balls in, th- in this kid's hand. And I, this yeah. is going to be consistent, I think. And, it really, and, and the lack of any other appreciable weapon, especially now with Adrian Peterson, no other weapons in that offense. Stephon Diggs is setting up to be a top 12 type of guy before this is all said and done. Yeah, if Bradford can stay healthy and that defense stays healthy and cohesive, you know, keeping them in games, I think they could be a good combo. The run game's going to be erratic, but – I think we're going to be able to go back a couple of years ago, and I said this, you know, with Peterson out, Minnesota learned how to do things they weren't accustomed to doing. Right. They've, they still know how to do them. Absolutely. And, you know, I, this team's not done. No, not it's, with that defense. No, not they with are that not defense. done at all. And you, the Packers don't scare you like they once did. You know, Aaron Rodgers has been – you go back to last year, Rick, he has been – Above average, I could say, at least in the regular season. Right. You know, I'd be scared come the end of the year when the games matter. <laughs> He's still Aaron Rodgers, but this guy, you know, being the first, well, not anymore with Cam Newton, but being the second or third fantasy quarterback taken. Still in that He's elite not that. He is. Stature, he is. You know, but is from a number fantasy. standpoint, he's not that guy, and you don't have that fear. This isn't an overreaction for one bad week against a good Minnesota defense. If you go back and look at the. The whole of last season, we saw a lot of this from Aaron Rodgers. You almost can't put it on him because Eddie Lacy's been terrible. You got Jordy Nelson back. I thought that would be an instant connection. I did that, too. that hasn't really panned out. No. There's something just a little off. Last year we blamed it on Nelson being gone. We're two games into this year, and they still haven't blown my skirt up, Rick. They, they won in week one, but not in any type of impressive fashion over a, what we know now is a horrific Jacksonville team. Yeah, I. And unless unless Jacksonville's in the same boat as Green Bay is, just not playing up to their potential, 
But they're not hurt. Jordy Nelson's back. Randall Cobb's back where he should be. Yeah, I mean, I, he was a top 10 or 12 guy two years ago. Can we stop with the Randall Cobb all the time? It doesn't matter. The, no, the point is nobody's hurt on this right. offense. They're clicking. They've got, they brought in Jared Cook. There's still Richard Rodgers, Devontae Adams. They're not hurt. Even Janice, all these guys. Nobody's hurt. Eddie Lacy, Starks. Everybody's healthy. I mean, my point being, you know, this this offense should be trucking people. Oh, yeah. They should be putting up 40 not, a week. They're not even in gear. Yeah, something's off. Something's right. off. And you go back to last year, and we blame Nelson and Fat Eddie Lacy on it last year. We got P90X Eddie Lacy and, a, you know, a purportedly healthy Jordy Nelson, and it's made no difference. Exactly. Look, this team's still going to win 10 or 11 games. They're going to make the playoffs. But they can be had, and God knows there's nobody else in that division that scares you if you're Minnesota. If you play defense like that, and if Sam Bradford is even 75% of what we saw last right. last Sunday night, it's a team to be reckoned with, even Mike, without Adrian Peterson. When we do our Week 8 you know, look-backs and adjustments in our predictions, i got a feeling I'm not having Green Bay in the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, unless they really started going again because – you know, we did it in the preseason. I had Green Bay and Pittsburgh, and, and I still feel good about Pittsburgh. But Green Bay, Arizona and Carolina still the cream of that NFC. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and right now, the way Arizona, or Green Bay is playing, they could be had by the Giants. Absolutely. They could be had by Seattle still. They could be had by Minnesota, obviously. Oh, yeah. Anybody I mean, can play some defense. Exactly. Because something's amiss there. All right, Rick, stinky sock. Well, I've got a stinky sock, and this is what I did. All right. I cut it in half. Oh, okay. So and you, what I did is I got this old... So you, like, butterflied it. Yeah. So you cut it in half or you butterfly? Well, I cut it in half All into right. two. Well, then I got a fish. <laughs> All right. And I cut it in half, and I put it in each half. Well, then I sewed the sock around it. Cool. So you sewed. So I have two. No, you got two stinky socks two, now. Two stinky socks. So you, you shared it. Yes. Yeah. One goes to A.J. Green, and the other goes to Golden Tate. Yeah, what? Golden two catches, Tate? Two catches for 13 yards for Tate, two catches for 38 yards for Green. Now, I worry about Tate long term. A.J. Green, I can't explain that. I don't worry about Green at all, but point being, these elite receivers should still get their catches no yeah. matter – who they're playing. you got to walk out with five or six, right? Yeah. Golden Tate just has been horrific so far this year. And they've, well, Mar- week Marvin they Jones yeah. has has proven, they're not proven, but so far has seemed to be Matt Stafford's number one target. Absolutely. Eric Ebron's next. I mean, Anquan it's, it's, Bolden's getting all the red yeah, zone looks. and it's not Golden Tate. No, and it, it's surprising. He he was so good in spells the last two years when Calvin Johnson was banged up that you really thought – I think I remember talking about it on this air with, with Calvin Johnson being gone. It was addition by subtraction, at least for Golden Tate, and it hasn't turned out that way. Marvin Jones has stepped on that, stepped into that role. I can't explain Golden Tate. I, I agree. That, that's a great one. A.J. Green, I can't explain that. That one, that's just one of those anomalies. The, the Steelers play yeah, I mean, a decent brand of defense, but they can Antonio be Antonio Brown. Yeah, they can be had for your. The weather was bad. The, the, something felt weird that whole game. It was almost the teams went too far to try not to repeat that that wild card playoff game. So everything felt odd about that game. Everything was labored. 
Yeah, for God's sake, Gio Bernard gets 100 yards receiving. Nobody can run the ball. We'll get into all that later as well. All right, my stinky song. I, I went old school. I just put it, you know, we're, we're making some uh, – Making some sauerkraut, so so we got Ooh. we got the old style Crocs out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just sitting out. So I just stuffed the sock in there, left it in there for the week. I didn't do anything crazy. I can't sew. I didn't butterfly anything. <laughs> I got to give it to my boy, and this is my guy. I'm a Jeremy Langford guy, Rick. But I'm getting a little tired of this stat line after only two weeks. Twenty-eight rushing yards, got in the end zone, so he kind of salvaged it. Loses a fumble. What bothers me, again, one catch on six yards, only two targets, and a game they were in for a long time and then really playing from behind on a, on a soft defense late in the second half. Jeremy Langford just not getting anywhere near the ball. I, I, the rushing yards I can almost excuse. I kind of expected it. We talked about that a lot. I thought he would be so big in the passing game, and he's been just a big nothing. So, so he'd take the sauerkraut sock and enjoy it, Jeremy Langford. I'm a Jeremy Langford guy, and you hurt me. You done me wrong, Jeremy. That's right, and you don't do that to Mr. Flair. No, you can't. I, I, I don't forgive, and I don't forget. That's not my thing. All right, Rick, it is time. Everybody's been waiting. What we're in need of is better communication. This world would be a much better place if we all learned how to tell each other how we're feeling. Take love, for example. Love you. That's right, Rick. It is time for weeks to love and hate. I'll let you start this show. You can love, you can hate, do whatever you want. The I'm floor gonna do is both. Oh, all right. I'm gonna do both. And it, I mentioned it briefly earlier when I gave out my game ball. But I love what Matt Forte is doing with the Jets right now from a production standpoint. But what I hate is how much the Jets are using this guy so early on. I think he's what 56 or 58 carries, 52 rushing attempts in two weeks. Seven catches in two weeks, that's terrifying. That's a lot of work. A lot of work. It is. And, and you know, I, I want to see him produce for the entire year. Right. And, and so I think you can spread it out. Because let's be honest, the yards per carry really haven't been that impressive. So he's been taking hits. The three right. touchdowns last week are huge. But the, the amount of hits he's taken for the yardage he's producing – that's where I have a problem with. And one other thing I thought about, Rick, because well, I had the four-four against Cincinnati, yards per carry. All right, pretty respectable. Three-three against Buffalo, and they just kept pounding just and pounding and pounding. Feeding them the ball with with Eric Decker was tearing them up, and Anuwa. We're going to talk about him later on, and even Brandon Marshall got over a hundred after just putting me into a full-blown panic when I thought for sure his career yes, was over did. with that knee injury. You, you got the hot call real quick <laughs> yeah. when that went down. Here's my biggest concern with this thing with Ford. Obviously, he's getting older. He hasn't taken on this type of workload in the last couple of years. 
Correct me if I'm wrong, Rick. If it wasn't last season, it was the season before. But I think it was going into last season where he was complaining about being overworked in Chicago and fearing it was going to shorten his career. So he's a guy who's cognizant of that. that so was, how long I can this in, go on? That was, I believe, in 2014. Cause okay. Because in, in 15, he had 218 carries. Um. But he's averaged right around. He went 289 in 2013, 266 in 2014. Uh, I mean, he's he's been a mid 200, you know, carry guy. And you know, with the Jets um, this year, he has 52 in two games. Right. You multiply that by well, it's like 400 carries, right? So this can't continue. First of all, it's never been yeah. been done before. No, you you've got to slow hit slow it down, and you want him to be. Look, this division certainly can be theirs. I mean, they had a tough loss, right? At number one, they should be two and zero. They should right. be tied with the Patriots, and they cannot afford to lose him. Bill Powell is not going to carry them to the promised land. They need no. a quality back. No, and so and I think Powell has proven to be capable of carrying a certain share of that workload, right. and I have to assume it's going to happen. But but I agree with you. I love what he's doing, but I hate the way he's being used because we've maybe got three or four more weeks at twenty five, thirty touches a game before he's out for a long stretch, or before he starts sniping about it because we've heard in the past he he's cognizant of that and, and he'll he'll let you know about it. Now he has said that this is the best offense. Offensive scheme that he's ever been in, as far as for him, it seems to fit him perfectly. <laughs> it, it does. It, but you can't at that level, not at that frequency of touches. I agree. You, you not at thirty. Do. All right, Rick. I'm going to keep it positive. I'm going to show a little love here for my boy. I was skewered for this the entire off season. Jarvis Landry, Rick setting up just almost what he did last season, if not with bigger numbers. Ten catches again in week two on 13 targets, 137 yards, granted in a come-from-behind effort. But this is what Jarvis Landry does. Don't bring me Kenny Stills. Don't bring me Parker. Don't bring me all this junk I had to hear about all offseason. The ball's going to Jarvis Landry. He's not going to have a big yards per catch. I grant you that. I don't know how much time he's going to get in the end zone. Ajayi. Don't bring me this Ajayi <laughs> junk. This offense is all about Jarvis Landry. You're not going to get 190 yards on 10 catches, but you're going to get 7 to 12 catches out of this guy each and every week. And no one, all the people griping about him, no one has been able to explain to me yet how that's a bad thing in a PPR league. Everyone's telling me it is. I haven't figured out yet processed how – 10 catches a week is a problem. <clears throat> I don't either. I mean, if unless you're playing this guy. <laughs> then, then it's a big problem, absolutely. <laughs> exactly, but no, you're right. I mean, this guy is a monster as far as that goes. And what more can you say? He is the guy, and it's just as simple as that. And uh, I'm just pulling his stats up here. I don't have them right in front of me. Do you have his stats? Just from this week, 10 catches yeah. on 13 targets, 137 yeah, there yards. You go. Yeah, I mean, he was quiet the first week, but he's up to 17 catches, 196 yards. Hasn't found the end zone yet. But there you go. He still had seven catches. It was on four yards a catch, which is what everybody's 
in a twist about, but it was still seven catches. Right. I, that's, I'm sorry, it's never a bad thing. Seven catches is not bad. No. That's my stance. Rick Fleer here to I tell like you it. that an average of eight and a half catches a game is a good thing. You're welcome. That's why you tune into this. You got it. All right, I'm going to love the bounce back that the Arizona Cardinals did. Yeah. They just stomped the mud hole right into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and never looked back. It was like an elephant stepping on a mouse and just kept right oh, on yeah. going. Oh, yeah, and they, they were exacting all kind of – we talked about it on Sunday. They were going to be ticked. They might have been even more ticked than I expected. Oh, they, they crushed them. And I think I'm going to go into a love-hate thing. I'll let you do a couple because this, this is all thing. What I hate was a statement by and it, the player blanks out of my mind. But he made the statement that he felt that they were, after week one, the Bucs were a little overconfident. You were going to play a pissed-off Arizona yeah. Cardinal team, and you were overconfident? Okay, you thought you were going to roll in there and, yeah, <laughs> and <because>, stomp them? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I mean, is that not the most lame comment you ever heard? We were overconfident. Against? <laughs> yeah. You got to know better. You, yeah. You got to. You tell you what, something I do love about on the Tampa Bay side coming out of that, though, is Jameis Winston. This guy was just getting blowed up. Turned the ball over what? Five times, Rick? Four or five times he turned the ball over. They w- He wouldn't let them take him out of the game. He still had command of that huddle. Jameis Winston's the real deal. And I think he's going to be a good quarterback in this league no for doubt. a long time. No and doubt. And for about all it. the questions about his character coming out of college, he is a leader of this team in his second year. And I was impressed by that, refusing to come out when you're just getting bludgeoned and still had that team, still still controlled the huddle. And I liked seeing that out of a Jameis Winston. I agree. 100%. All right, it's time for me to hate somebody, Rick, and I'm going to hate somebody on every one of my fantasy teams. I I blew the trumpet all offseason. Allen Robinson, Rick, only nine catches in two games on 20 targets, 15 of those in week one. No catches until the late third, if not the fourth quarter in week two. What in God's name is Jacksonville doing not throwing the ball to Allen Robinson until the fourth quarter of a game you're down by 30? What's happening here? I don't know. I I really have no idea. I understand – how a player can be taken out of a game. You know, we saw it with A.J. Green. We saw it with Antonio Brown. Of course, it was a mud hole, Mm -hmm. you know, during that game. But you've seen it happen on occasion. But, pardon me, he hasn't been relevant. No. Period, all season. And what Jacksonville's doing is, is horrible. I mean, even Alan Hearns, he only has nine catches for a buck thirty-nine. Right. Yet Blake Bortles threw for three hundred and twenty-nine yards last week. <laughs> who? I don't know. <laughs> to, to whom I ask you? Yeah. To whom? <laughs> you know. And, and here's here's my problem with Alan. Coming out of week one, it was a bad performance. He cost me a win in five different leagues, but I felt all right. All right. He had fifteen targets. I, I believe he only caught four of them, five of them maybe. But he had fifteen targets. He had three different balls on his fingertips in the end zone. I thought, all right, it, it's one of those deals. They were just a little something off between him and Bortles. But if they're going to target him 15 times, I'm going to be just fine. This is going to be great. And then you turn around and follow it up where you don't even I, – I thought he was injured, Rick, because I'm watching. He's not even showing up on the stat sheet because he's not getting any targets. I think he had one target in the first half. That can't happen. This is a 120-catch guy. This is a 1,200-yard, double-digit touchdown guy. How do you – this it was 
San Diego. You know what I mean? They right. can only, how much can you take away in Allen Robinson? I can't explain. I got to hope it's a blip. I think he bounces back this week. But I'll tell you what, I am white knuckling this one heading into week three. Yeah. I mean, he's right now, Blake Bortles is relying on a real spread out. I mean, there's nine catches for Julius Thomas. There's nine catches for Alan Hearns. There's nine catches for Alan Robinson. There's seven catches for Marquise Lee. I mean, he's spreading it all over the place. I mean, it seems to me, it at least feels like Mercedes Lewis is getting all the goal, you know, all the red zone. Look, explain that one. I didn't even know he was still in the league. I, mean, I don't know what – if that's what they're going to do, I'm in a lot of trouble because I drafted Alan Robinson in the first round of a lot of drafts. i got to believe he turns it around. I'm hoping week two's the anomaly and the target numbers in week one will pan out. But I'm nervous, Rick. I hate it. I hate it, and I'm really nervous. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. You know me. In our league of consequence, I bought into Bortles. I have some Hearns. Right. And although Hearns hasn't been killing me, he's my flex. He certainly – I got him – pretty cheap yeah in you the got draft. him for a bag of beans he's putting up the same amount of alan robinson yeah, is. that's not good no that's a no good <laughs> all right rick we got time for one more i think we're going to carry this one over too we're just going to be behind today who do you hate give me a hate you got about two minutes so hate him quick the jacksonville jaguars so <laughs> there far. you go i mean i mean we've already covered it so much but that's one that i have i really hate this team right now they're not playing defense they're not playing offense did they did they just buy into all this hype, or are they just not that good? I there's something that offense has to be that good. I'm honestly believing has to be get themselves out of the playoff picture now. No, but now they're off the radar. They got themselves on the radar a little bit. I don't think they're ready to handle it. So now go into every game expecting to lose by 20, and you can put up 30 points and lose by 10. <laughs> I think that's good for fantasy owners, and that's all I really care about at the end of the day. Exactly. My heart doesn't break for these long-suffering Jaguars fans. I still can't believe there's an NFL franchise in Jacksonville to begin with. Well, it carried over from the Coughlin years when they were relevant right, and, and right. a good team. Yeah, yeah. once Mark Brunel left town, things got a little squirrely. And a lot of the, lot of the pieces seemed to be falling into place the last couple of years. They added some defensive guys a couple of years ago in the draft. They picked up some some weapons on offense. It looked like 2016 was rife for yeah, them. Yeah, it was time to turn that corner. And I'll tell you what, 0-2 right now, which isn't a death sentence in that division, but they better get it going yeah. really quick. Yeah, at least start putting up 30, right? I don't care if no, they win. start winning some damn no. games. I don't care about that. You can go 0-16, but start scoring 30 <laughs> while you do it. Well, yeah, 35. But even better. All right, Rick, well, let's break here. When we come back, we'll finish up love-hate. we got all kinds of fun in segment three. That's sort of our uh, smorgasbord of segments, but we're going to finish this up. We'll do all that right after this exclusively on the Arena Sports Network. Welcome back to the Asylum, exclusively here on the Arena Sports Network. We are Flieger and Briggs. As we last let last section here, we were doing uh, love and hate. But, Rick, you know, I wanted to bring up something that we'd totally forgotten about because we got so tied up in the injuries. You know, Minnesota side, Ronnie Hillman. Yeah, yeah, and, I did see um, that. You know, we were talking about Jared McKinnon getting all the work in between the 20s. You know, Ronnie Hillman, if nothing else, is a pretty good ball catching back out right. of the backfield. They're not gonna. They probably won't be using him a lot in the red zone with Aussie out of there. So, I just think 
Boy, I tell you, it, it's in flux right now. Yeah, and I think you're going to see nothing from him for the next two or three right, weeks. Right. So I think that's where you keep a close eye on McKinnon or Asiata. If the ball isn't moving, you're going to see Hillman get a good opportunity here maybe a month down the road. He's a capable back. I'm surprised Denver cut him. More surprised when Denver cut him, there wasn't 12 teams lined up to add him to the roster, quite frankly. Well, he's, yeah, he's a nice piece. He's fine, but he's a pro running back. He's had some success on good teams. Yeah, but what we've seen out of Denver so far this year, you know, Anderson has been great. Anderson is the first perfect back for what they're doing right now. So but, I agree with that. But Booker has done nothing. Right. I mean, he's fumbled. Yeah, well, and that comes into my – it's like we plan this stuff, Rick, and I swear to God we do basically no show prep. <laughs> I, I promise you guys. But that goes into my next hate, and I'm going to give it right here. And I hate it, but not for the reason you brought up. In week one, Booker fumbled. He didn't really touch the ball after that a couple of times in week one. But he comes out in week two, he gets nine carries. Now, he didn't put up big numbers with him, but he moved the ball a little bit. C.J. Anderson has gotten exactly 20 carries in each of the first two games. Brilliant. I don't like Booker getting nine carries. Now, if that if it stays 20 every week for Anderson, I'm comfortable with it. But it makes me a bit nervous, Rick. We've seen them get away from C.J. Anderson, and he becomes what he was last year in – prior to the last several weeks in the playoffs when he took back over and was what so many fantasy owners thought he was going to be when they drafted him in the top 10 in 2015. I don't like seeing Booker get that much work. If he can maintain 20, if there's 29 carries out there for the running backs, and good, 20 and 9 is the perfect split. It just I started to get nervous with the amount of work Booker got last week. Yeah, I don't, yeah 20 carries is okay. For for C.J. Anderson, and plus he, he's working in the passing game. I guess what I didn't like, what I've seen, and obviously I'm not down in training camp and so forth, what I've seen between Hillman and Booker, yeah, neither one blow my skirt no, off no. all that much. No, But Hillman seemed to have flashes. Right, exactly. That actually kept Anderson off the field. I haven't seen it from Booker yeah. yet. He's keeping him off the field. Yeah, yeah, which at is least, kind of strange. At least nine times, you know. And I don't mind a Booker spelling him for three full series in a game, which is kind of what happened. It was mainly still the C.J. Anderson show. It was a chunk of series that went to Booker, and maybe they just happened to run the ball a lot on those series. So I'm I'm not in a panic yet. I just that's what I hate is we're going to start this now. You know, C.J. Anderson. Who, who you heard it on the asylum. We, we argued with everybody. How many guests did we bring on? Jake Seeley. We brought a bunch of guests on and said, no, enough with this C.J. Anderson junk when they were arguing he should be the number one overall right. pick. And then going into this year, we did the 180, and it's everything you've heard. Peyton Manning's gone. gone. Now Kubiak can run this offense, and Kubiak loves this foot-in-the-ground, one-cut type of guy that a C.J. Anderson is. He's a perfect fit. And week one, Booker puts the ball on the ground. Anderson's running everywhere. He's catching passes. He's getting in the end zone. C.J. Anderson's got it rolling in week two. He's in the end zone, and then bang, all of a sudden, Devontae Booker's out there taking a third of the carries. If it stays at two-thirds a third, I can live with it. That's the NFL today. I, I, I'm nervous, Rick. I, I'm gripping the seat just a wee little bit here. Yeah, we had the breaks on C.J. Anderson a couple of years ago. And, um, yeah, we, we did a, a full 180. In fact, he was one of my under undervalued right. players for the, for the uh, draft guy this year. 
I think, you know, 20, you know, times 16, that's what? Uh, that's only... That's still 300. Yeah, that's still 320 carries. That's a good So he's not going to get that many. No. So they're on pace, which is a nice yeah, pace. Let's keep it there. That's all I'm saying. Right. Please, please just keep it there. Exactly. All right, Rick. That was my hate. The floor is yours. Okay. I'm going to do a yet another love hate. Cool. I'm going to, you see the theme yeah, I'm doing you, you here. Can't, you're like the theme. You can't make up your mind. You're it's just... a love and a hate. I love and also hate. The way the Rams own Seattle. (laughs) We knew this was coming, and yet we still started all of our all of our Seahawks. And we did it to people on Sunday. We knew this was gonna happen. But but you look at how bad that team is, you can't believe it's gonna happen again, and it keeps freaking happening. It does. They 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 beat Seattle nine three. Yeah. Just, just absolutely pathetic. You don't got to cry over it. Rick apparently got mm. something in his eye. Yeah, you know what it is? He's over there sobbing. Oh, my it? Lord. You know what it is? No, what is it? I ate a hot pepper before I come over to your house. I don't think I washed my hands. I rubbed my eyes, <laughs> and I am dying right well, that, here. That is not Holy good. Smokes. Rick is full-blown sobbing wow. over there. <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to have to call 911 <laughs> for uh, jalapeno oh, in the eye. Jalapeno. No, is Inferno. Is that a pepper? Yes. Is it one of them ghost peppers? Inferno pepper. It's. (laughs) Oh. You know, I always knew we were going to have a medical emergency on this show with you at your age, but that's a little outside of the ordinary. That was was (laughs) incredible. I'm still burning, but I'm okay. So so luckily, this is not a visual medium. As you see, it's. Burning wow. red eyes and tears flowing everywhere. I should be the one crying with my fantasy squad. You're fine. I am fine. I'm two and zero right now and looking pretty. Well, of course, I did suffer a Doug Martin injury, but uh, yeah, I think you can survive that one. I hope so. You know, that's one thing. But anyway, getting back to Seattle, how does Jeff Fisher somehow? <laughs> I don't know. In the head of Pete Carroll, yeah. <laughs> they can't handle them. It's and, it's unbelievable. And every time you know it's going to happen, and I never have the guts to say, "All right, stay away from Seattle this week." They struggle in L.A. I don't have the guts to do it, and it ends up burning me. And anybody who listens to this show on the inside slant on Sunday morning, it burns them all, much like your eyes, Rick. Everybody yeah, exactly. gets burned. But we watched the Rams, the oh, debacle at San Francisco. Look like they should have been relegated to use a soccer term. Yeah, and I they'll mean, look like that again it, this week. It didn't look like they could beat Colorado State. Right, but then they go and truck Seattle with virtually no offense. They played a stout, solid defense. Well, that's just to this point, Rick. L.A. sitting one and one, having beaten what we all agree should be a playoff team in 2016. And the entirety of the Los Angeles Rams has precisely the same amount of touchdowns this season as you do and I do. Exactly. (laughs) What does that tell you? They're not going to win three games this year, but two of them may be against Seattle. It's (laughs) unbelievable. It's flabbergasting. It really is. Well, while we're talking about it, because two of these guys appear on this list, let's switch over a little bit. Time to play, time to panic. And you're going to see it with the trade questions when we get to the mailbag in segment four. Let's start in L.A. with Todd Gurley. 98 yards in two games. Again, the same amount of touchdowns as Rick Briggs has, even with his burnout eyes. Is it time to panic on Todd Gurley a little bit? I think or a he, lot? Because I might be panicking a lot. I would be. 
Unless they start scaring somebody in the passing game, the only thing you do to stop L.A. is stop the run. And I just don't see it happening. Yeah, and Todd Gurley is great. He's beyond really good. He is a superstar. Right. But he's running against eight-man fronts, and I don't care how good he is. That offensive line isn't that good, and no one has any fear of them being able to throw the ball. It's completely disrespected. I don't care who you are. Todd Gurley isn't a shifty guy. He's not a pass catcher. There's not other ways they're going to get the ball to him in space. They turn around and hand him the ball, and he grinds out 140 yards a game, except for the fact that he has no chance, no opportunity. I don't see it changing. We're going to bring in Sean Mannion. Jared Goff, they can't even get him dressed until week two. So you know he's not ready. So it's not getting any better there. So I don't see it changing. This is why I own exactly, Rick, the amount of Todd Gurley shares I own in all these leagues I'm in rhymes with hero. That's how many Todd Gurley I shares I have. For that reason, this is nothing on Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is an all-time great. But in that offense, it is so putrid. You know, we've seen running backs do well in bad offenses. This offense is so putrid, the guy doesn't have a chance. And if you spent that early first-round pick on a Todd Gurley, it's, you're in for the, you're a long ride here, a real long ride. Todd Gurley... In total yards through two weeks, of course he's behind LaShawn McCoy. Of right. course he's behind Latavius Murray. But he's behind, okay, let's put it another way. All right. In a backup role, Fozzie Whitaker had more yards in one game than he's had all year yeah, so that, far. That's usually not company you want to be in. Todd Gurley is behind Jalen Richard. Or Richard. Yeah, that's not good. He's behind Rashad Jennings. Yeah, that's not good. I love Rashad, but, but that's not good. He hasn't been doing anything. Yeah, that's a ninth-round pick against a fifth-overall pick. He has less yards than Frank Gore. That's bad. That's company you do not want to be keeping. No. So, so for me, the answer is yes. I'm panicked if I'm a Todd Gurley owner. I, I'm not, but if I were, full-blown panic. All right, I had the Seattle offense on my list. I think we, we – we, well, let's cover it a little more. You know, as as somebody like I am who, who was absolutely obsessed with, with Russell Wilson, should I be panicked? I'm starting to a little bit. Tell me, should I be? Well, I think – and, of course, we said this in preseason. I thought you were a little over-exuberant in your love for Russell Wilson. I get like that on guys every now and again. But, I mean, you know, we're all that way. I mean, you accused me, wrongly, that I was over-exuberant for Calvin Benjamin. But you get that way. You you get locked in on somebody, right. and you have to go with the feeling you have. And, and what Wilson did at the end of last year was nothing short of amazing. The ankle worries me a little bit because those high ankle sprains don't go away. Really. I know, and you can live with them, but they don't. Go and he's away. not Peyton Manning who drops back and just throws back there. This guy's on the move. He's Cam Newton, you know. He Aaron Rodgers. He likes to move. He's Big Ben. I mean, he's actually better when he's moving right, around. Exactly. This hampers him. He cannot run these guys for four or five steps to right. get that throw off. 
And so when a defense yeah, doesn't have that panicking. fear of him taking off or even that fear of him being able to right. bootleg and make the throw on the run, which right now they don't even have to respect that. They, they didn't respect – L.A. didn't respect it last week. He can't just drop back and fling the ball around. So that puts me in a real bad spot. And so while we're talking about comparisons, I'm going to give you a little quiz. You don't know who the number one scoring quarterback is in fantasy football right now. You don't know. I'd probably say Cam Newton. No, you would be wrong, my friend. It is Matt Ryan right Well, yeah, Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan's right. Yes, exactly. And I expect that to continue. This is a complete non sequitur you know, in the time to panic. But this is something I buy into. They're going to be playing from behind. I think he's gotten unfairly saddled. He's a guy kind of like, so many other guys in this league, we almost get mocked for drafting a Matt Ryan, right? This guy's going to go out and put up 300 consistently. He's going to throw two touchdowns a game. He's going to throw, he's like a Romo, he's going to throw some mind-bending pick at some point in the game and cost the Falcons a game. But I don't care what happens to the Falcons. This guy's a legitimate fantasy option. And I'll tell you what, I'm playing him in two leagues over Russell Wilson right now. Matt Ryan is the Tony Romo absolutely now yeah. of present day. I mean, yeah, you don't want him in the, on your team in the NFL guiding him through the playoffs, but you want him on your fantasy team. Hey, in the Scott Fishbowl 480, you know, where you start two quarterbacks. I'm starting Big Ben and Matt Ryan. In a pretty good position to be in. I'm not bad. And I got Sam Bradford sitting on the sidelines. And I'm uh, starting Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins, so you can imagine why I'm in about the 370s out of 480 while you're in the top 100. Yeah. This is the kind of freaking year I'm having. And it's all because of Russell Wilson and Allen Robinson. I'm confident. I'm not. I have him on the list. I'm not panicking about Allen Robinson yet. I'm getting nervous, but I'm not panicking. I'm in a full-blown flop sweat over Russell Wilson right now because that ankle sprain, he isn't going to wake up this week in week three and that high ankle sprain is going to be better. This is something it takes several weeks they can play with it so they keep playing, which means it's the double-edged sword. It's not going to get any better, but it's not going to go away in that circumstance, and they're not going to sit, sit him down for the four or five weeks it requires to get that thing fully healed and be back to 100%. So things are going to get ugly before they get better, I think, in Seattle and for my squad. Oh, I, I agree 100%. And look, Russell Wilson is behind such notables in fantasy scoring right now as rookie quarterback Dak Prescott. Okay. All right. Why he's, are you doing this to me, right? He's behind, behind Brock Osweiler. He's behind Kirk Cousins. Who Kirk Cousins has precisely one touchdown and three picks. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that hasn't worked out. He's too behind well Tyrod me. Taylor. That's yeah, just not company you want to no, be in. It, it's not. And yeah, you should be worried. Next couple of weeks That's my season, Rick. Yeah. If he doesn't improve, that that's exactly what yeah. it is. It, it, you're gone to pieces and down the tubes you're going. All right. Well, let's jump off of that a little bit, Rick. I'll just open it up some week two takeaways. It could be anything, injuries. What are you happy about? What are you mad about? Do you got a news story for me? You going to burn your retinas out again, Rick? No, I'm not going to do let's that. Just, let's just do the asylum right now. Well, you know, I, I, I want to go through some stuff, but I don't want to go through. To, some of the takeaways that I had for the show were, you know, 
Seattle disappointments. Yeah. You know, yeah, we seem to <laughs> squeeze it in. I want to get off fantasy for a minute. Right. I, I just want to make this statement. Okay. We can talk about this as much or as little as you want to after I make this statement, but I just have to say this. Rick, I do not care. I didn't to begin with, and certainly I no longer care who kneels, who stands, who raises a fist, who does cartwheels or wears clown makeup during the damn national anthem. Can we go back to on our television coverage showing the flag and showing the flyover and showing the crowd and everything you showed during the national anthem instead of breathlessly scanning the sidelines for somebody doing something outside of standing at full attention, Rick. It has lost. It's gotten oversaturated. This What's her name? Megan Rapino on the women's national team drawing all this ire, which I don't know what group she belongs to that she's trying to make a statement for. Can we just stop? I don't care. Quit covering it. Quit leading every newscast when there's 16 NFL games being played every week, leading every sportscast with who was sitting, who was standing, who was kneeling. I'm done with it. I don't care. Stop. It's lost all meaning. It's oversaturated, and I think it's completely lost all meaning. Yeah, I'll go there. I mean that's uh, I, I agree with you. I'm I'm tired of the the drama when it's not supposed to be. You know, I'll go every. You know, everybody says well he has a right to do it. You know, we me we've gone through this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we all agree with that. You know, but the point of the matter being is if you want to say something. And, and I'm talking about Colin Kaepernick especially. I mean, we saw Brandon Marshall do it, you know, Denver's Brandon Marshall. Right. But what he did is he followed up by setting up a meeting with the Denver chief of police, sat down and talked why he was doing it right. and anything he could do, turning this stuff into a positive mm-hmm. instead of about you because you're a freaking backup. Right. I mean, that's basically my take on Kaepernick now. I mean, it, it's it's more of a tension getter than anything to mean anything. Right. I mean, Brandon Marshall did it fine. It wasn't a bunch of hoo ha about it. But then he, like I said, he did have the meeting with the chief of police, and and it's turning into a, a positive. The chief of police was happy. He did it. Blah blah. You know, and and it's a good thing. But it's. He didn't make it about him kneeling, you know. I guess he wanted to show a little solidarity, but he carried it on. You know, Kaepernick, get off your high horse. Yeah. But more than that, media, quit covering it. That's where I'm going. That drives me crazy. Because you get this weird juxtaposition, and this, this is what bothers me about the whole thing. The, the NFL product, and this is the NFL in general. It's so watered down. This is why guys get fined when they put the initials of a sick kid on their cleats in Goodell's fine. So it's so watered down as to be not controversial. So here's what you get. You have the, the camera breathlessly looking everywhere for somebody doing something. Yeah. And you have whatever tart is the sideline reporter that day 
running around. You can always see them standing right behind them. But then the announcers, be it that that woman on the sideline or the guys in the booth, aren't addressing it. It's just the weirdest thing. Have you noticed it? So we're scanning, we're showing it, but nobody will talk about it. Nobody's allowed to, to deal with it. So so what are you gaining by showing it? Well, I don't know what you're gaining by doing it, but what are you gaining by showing it? Because you're not going to discuss it. Nothing's changing. We don't know. We don't know why. Pick out an individual. Arian Foster, all these other nameless guys, guys we're not familiar with who are doing things. We don't know why. You know, we are assigning Colin Kaepernick's message to them. We don't know if that's why they're doing it, right? So so what's the point? Just stop. Just cover the game. Cover football. You know, local sports, ESPN, stop bringing it up. Either cover it and have an honest, frank discussion about it, or ignore it. But quit playing it halfway. It drives me nuts. It's just so weird. I can't stand it. I agree 100%. Here's a little tidbit before we get into our next... uh... All right. Well, we got the mailbag next segment. We're just going to ride this one out. In 2017... All right. Watch for falling space labs. (laughs) China announced last week that its first space lab, Tiangong Wang, won would be falling back to Earth somewhere sometime in the second half of next year. (laughs) You know, this is something I've thought about. I've actually thought about this. We shoot so much crap up there, right? But we have control of them. Do we? Well, that's the point. I thought they just sort of shot it up there and it floated around. According to popular mechanics, the lack of specifics in the previous sentence seems to confirm the theory that China lost control of the space lab some time ago. Otherwise, it would probably be scheduled to burn up in the atmosphere somewhere over the ocean. As it is, there's See, a See, cha- that's a- just them playing the odds because most of the planet's ocean. Right. That's no guarantee. You're just playing the odds. Eh? Exactly. How bitter are you going to be if you're out mowing the grass or you're standing out in front of your store eating one of them stupid peppers and just all of a sudden space junk, all the crap you've been through, you've beaten the odds and made it to 70 or however the hell old you are, and you get to the end, you're still relatively healthy, and then something falls out of the damn orbit and lands on your head and vaporizes. That's not a good way to go. We talked about a few weeks ago when I almost killed myself sneezing and how you want to die like, is that dying like a man? There's the question. I don't know. It's, you know. Hey, getting hit with a piece of space junk, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Yeah, but it. if you're a punchline, I don't think that's the way you want to go. I'd be kind of bitter about that. Yeah, that'd be something like it would hit Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, yeah. You know. But I worry about that. We just shoot so much crap out there. You say we have control of it. I guess I'll choose to believe you because I don't know. But eventually things break down, right? Don't the batteries go dead or you run out of gas or something? Yeah, they're solar. And, and I think it they just falls. They recharge themselves. Well, you hope. It's going to break eventually, right? Have you ever owned an electronic that didn't break within five years? Everything breaks. Yeah, of course, it's made in China. Yeah. And, How much and, money and have we spent on, a, on equipment? Crap just breaks, you Obviously, know what I mean? Obviously, theirs I doesn't work too I'm well. actually stunned crap isn't just flying out of the sky every day, all it day. It probably is, but most of it's burning up. Well, or it's hitting true. the ocean, like you said. So I guess we hope it burns up right uh, that's the best we can hope for yeah it's it, it, it you know china says it will release a forecast of the fall of the 34 foot long 9.4 ton tiangong one yeah you're not surviving that if that pings you in the nugget you're not <laughs> you're not gonna live from that one well you won't feel it at least no you'll be vaporized you think would it like slice you in half or would it just vaporize you 
I don't know. It'd probably just smash you into a little mud hole. It'd be like in the cartoons where you just accordion down. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. I would come, see, I don't go to funerals. You'd like, look like Tampa Bay after playing Arizona. That's yeah. That's what would happen. Yeah, like, when you donk off, I probably won't even go to the funeral home. I, I get real weird about that stuff. And, and my way of dealing with uncomfortable situations is humor, which I found is not necessarily always welcomed in a funeral home. But if you get accordioned out, Looney Tunes style, I'm coming to that one, buddy. And your wife will just have to hate me forever because I'm going to have oh, a little I bit would, of fun with that. I would think humor would go over well at mine. I don't know. You for you and maybe our other terrible friends it would show up. I don't, I don't know if the, the Briggs clan would get, be happy with me making jokes. I'm going to get a life-size cutout of myself made. No, don't do with that. With one of those mechanical arms <laughs> that wave. And my right arm is, is I'm... It's not video, unfortunately. I'm going to have it waving. I'll have a big smile on my face, and my left hand is going to be doing this. Rick's giving me the middle finger now, for those of you who can't see this, which is all of you, as this is a radio show. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that would be a great way to go. I don't think your wife's going to do that, though. She's like a normal human being. <laughs> She'd fail to see the humor in it. Yeah. She'd probably think it was, like, tragic that you were dead or something, which I don't understand. But, yeah, women are different. Yeah. One more thing loosely based on football. Would you ever take a kid to an NFL game? I took my kid to an NFL game. Was it a disaster? It was cold. Well, there's that. Rainy. There's always that. It's, sleeting. That's Pittsburgh. Yeah. And Pittsburgh got murdered. Yeah. By San Diego that year. Was a couple oh, of, I, I remember that must game. It's been about, what, three years yeah. ago now? Yeah, I remember like that. that. Game. It was the last game I've been at. I'd much rather watch it in the basement in my easy chair. Yeah, I just don't get the new thing now is every Monday or Tuesday all over Twitter you see all the fights that happen in every NFL state. And that's one thing I understand it's the booze, but it's one thing I never understood. So I'm at a game and I got my Steeler jersey on and I'm rooting for the Steelers, and you walk by in a Ravens jersey and I feel compelled to punch you in the mouth because of it. We're all passionate about our teams, but come on, really, you care that much? You know the players are all hugging and play, praying together after the game, yet you're beating the hell out of that poor guy that walks by you. Well, there's They're a, still old school. Yeah. That's what they used to do. Yeah, I guess, but it's stupid. And, you know, and the drinking and carrying on and the cussing, I did guess you, you know that. The, did you see the guy, way off base here again, the video, I just saw it last night, walking around with his phone, playing Pokemon Go or whatever it is. Oh, I hope he got hit by a train or oh, something. Oh, no. Some guy walked up and clocked him and mugged him. <laughs> Took his phone. That was an issue with that Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah the in the phone filmed the guy, <laughs> and they have a picture of the guy. I don't know how they got the film. I guess off the, of the, the phone. Well, there's no film, Rick. First of all, well, no, I mean it's in the cloud. There's something I don't know how the cloud. Well, that's works. what I mean. They got it. I'm not going to pretend they, I know, but. If you have it set up that way, and but I don't, he stole the phone, so yeah. they can still access and they, they can the, go to the cloud because as soon as you take a picture or something, it goes to the cloud. Uh, trust me, I don't know how the cloud works. I don't know if I have a cloud. I assume right. I do, but that's how like there you was have that a cloud hanging over. Well, you, yeah, dark cloud. Yeah. But remember, there was that big kerfuffle a year or two ago where all the celebrity chicks were. All their naked pictures were getting released. That's what happened. Somebody broke into the iTunes, oh, the gotcha. Apple Cloud, and got all the naked pictures of everybody. Oh, gotcha. So anytime you do anything, it goes in the cloud. Man. But I say good for you. You're a grown man roaming around playing Pokemon Go. Somebody ought to steal you in the face and, and take your phone. I'm all, I think I'm all right with that. You know, yeah. not a kid, but a grown man, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he was just walking along, filming himself, talking in the phone. And I mean... 
You can see the punch. I mean, this guy, <laughs> he, I mean, he clocked him. I mean, knocked him cold. But this is happening in, apparently in every NFL stadium every week, and there was one in the Seattle-LA game, and a Seattle fan and an LA fan got in a fight, and of course it spills over onto what looks like about a 10-year-old kid. I mean, it's just absurd. And then there's the one that you would expect in Oakland, where just both Raiders fans, there's this little skinny guy, all right, and this big guy. And the little skinny guy clearly, I don't know, he must have been on PCP the way he was acting. And he kind of reached up and swatted the big guy in the nose and knocked his sunglasses off. Well, the big guy just let him have it. And then only in Oakland in places like that, then somebody who had nothing to do with anything took a roundhouse from behind and caught the little guy in the face and put him down <laughs> cold. But this is every state. It's complete nonsense. I don't go anymore. I, I, if I'm, we're, not, we're not in the press box. I'm not going because I can't be around these people anymore. It's no, just I'd horrific. Rather, I like to be in a luxury box. Yeah, that's not. I've never yeah. done that for football. I had Eating a bus, shrimp and I had a friend when I was a kid a who had time. them for pirate games. We're going back to the Three Rivers days, and yeah. that, that, that was the way to roll, and it's kind of hard to sit in a seat after that. All right, Rick, well, let's break here. When we come back, we will open up the mailbag and see. We ask the question in this segment, is it time to panic? You're about to find out. The answer is yes. We'll do that and more exclusively here on the Arena Sports Network. Welcome back to the Asylum. We are Flieger and Briggs right here in the Arena Sports Network. And, Rick, it's time for my favorite segment of the show. I do love doing it. And we're going to open up the mailbag, and there's no mystery. There are some panicking (laughs) owners out there. People are freaking out, and we're here. We're going to save it for you. We're going to pull it all back together. We're going to turn it around. So let's just jump right into it, Rick. Dan from PA wants to know. Would he trade, should he trade Jeremy Langford for Thomas Rawls in a standard league? I'm going to say no. And because Langford, I don't know what we're going to get with Seattle. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think they're going to be okay. They always seem to do that, especially by midseason and towards the end of the year. But... You know, Langford, he's finding the end zone now. He seems to be one of the major cogs of this broken offense, but he's it, it, you're banking on touchdowns in, in right. standard and, right. and his rushing yards. I mean, he's, he's going to have rushing yards. He's going to have receptions. He's going to find the end zone. I think it's close, but I'm going to stick with Langford. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Langford for this reason. He's been bad. He's been real bad. I mean, he, he got the stinky, the sauerkraut stinky sock this week. But he's on the field, Rick, right? right? Rawls missed or was limited in week one. He comes back in week two to a lot of fantasy fanfare, immediately gets hurt. The cat can't stay on the field. When he's on the field, I think he's I think he's gonna be great. But the entire Seattle offense terrifies me, so that's another strike. But for right now, especially, you could probably make this deal later down the road if you need to. This is just passing the trash here back and forth, what your expectation is. I'd live in the now. At least Langford's on the field. At least Langford's scoring touchdowns. Maybe Brian Hoyer brings him back to life a wee little bit, we, we can hope. Thomas Rawls can't get on the field, and for that reason, I, I'm not in a big rush to make a move for him at this point. All right, Rick. Rob from Northern Virginia wants to know, would you, Rick Briggs, well, he didn't say that, but he said, would you, would you trade Arian Foster, your boy Ajayi, and Tyler Lockett for Mike Evans? 
that seems kind of like a just a strange, strange deal and strange league. I mean, because you like things even up, though. You're not going to make a three for one trade. See, I, I'm, I have no fear of doing that. You, but, you don't even like a two for one. But usually in leagues, you have. I mean, to me, there's not enough information. This guy can dump three guys. It means he stinks for yeah. Mike Evans. Well, I think Lockett replaces Evans in a wide receiver spot, and he's clearly got some trash running backs he can dra- he can drop and keep around Foster, the Foster-Ajayi combo, whoever's on the field Well, he's that getting week. rid of Foster and Ajayi, right? Well, I'm talking about on the Evans side right. of it. I say he makes the deal. Oh, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I mean, it's just, yeah, I'm like you. I, well, no. I'm You're not like Not me. like you. You're I, like I said. Shut up. <laughs> Sucking old crack pipe of yours. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this is what I have to deal with, ladies and gentlemen. You know those <laughs> vapes or whatever they're called. It's delicious. <laughs> it's sits- how I maintain my sunny disposition. Yeah, sunny dis. He sits there and he and he puffs on this thing like uh, like Professor Cluckington. <laughs> oh, all right, just- stop right there. What's a uh, Professor Cluckington? And he just like you know talks down to you because like you know <laughs> what I know is what I know. That's true. <sighs> <laughs> now who's Professor Cluckington? So you do this all the time, and the listeners get screwed <laughs> because I can't move on. Actually, what Professor Cluckington is is an idea I'm working on. Oh, so it's not a real thing. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's an idea you're working on? Yes. Is this a project of some yes. sort? Yes. Is it like a cloning thing? What's happening? No, like a book. You're writing a book? I'm going to try. About Professor Cluckington. Well, it's a fictional character. Is it a human or like a chicken? Well, it doesn't matter. Well, I think it does. It's <laughs> no. an odd name. Nobody's it, named it Cluckington. I mean, it could be like Uncle Wiggly. Uncle, I don't think that could have a whole other connotation. You never seen Uncle Wiggly? No, what's oh that? Oh my lord! You never played Uncle Wiggly as a child? <laughs> well, I probably did, but not that I told anybody about. Why? I mean, it was just a kids' game, I mean, like Candyland, only just a oh, little, yeah. little more advanced. We're thinking of different things here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, your Uncle Wiggly. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. you played. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what I thought you were talking about. I guess that's just always where my mind. Rick, let's get back to the mailbag. On the plus side, we we have a name for this episode. It's going to be Uncle Wiggle. <laughs> now the picture, I don't think, is going to be anything there. So if you can pull it together, yes, make the trade. If you can get Mike Evans for all that trash, I don't think he's going to take it. But if you can get Evans for all that trash. <laughs> By God, you should do it. And now here's one from Uncle Wiggly yeah. in uh, Indiana. This says Mike from Cleveland, but he for now, forever, will now be known as Uncle Wiggly from Cleveland <laughs> wants to know. And we got a lot of these questions too, Rick, so uh, hopefully we can stay cont- consistent on it. He's got the number one waiver priority this week. Who's his best pickup, McKinnon or Whitaker? Whitaker. No. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. No. Fozzie Whitaker? Yes. Of course. Jonathan Stewart's going to be back in two weeks. Jonathan McKinnon's going to be starting is all right week. right back to where he has been. Maybe. Banged up. He played, what, 14 last year? He played 12 this year. He's going to come know. back. Darren McKinnon's a starter now. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Ossie Auden if Hillman works his way in. But McKinnon's got the more long-term value. 
I don't know. I really don't know. Oh, this one, we're, we're going to disagree. This one isn't even close to me. It's McKinnon. Now, if you just need a this week, although Whitaker's got a pretty tough matchup this week, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to find – yeah, Carolina plays Minnesota this week. I don't like that. So, they're playing well, each Minnesota other. Minnesota plays so, Carolina. Yeah, well, th- that's the point neither. So, in the short term, you only have Whitaker for the short term, and one week's a really bad matchup. you got McKinnon the rest of the year, the rest of the fantasy, or wh- whether or not – you know, we can we talked a lot already about what we think McKinnon's going to do, but as far as a waiver wire pickup using that number one waiver priority, I, I'm going to take McKinnon there. I, you know, I'm I'm not. I I have a bad taste in my mouth with with um, Stewart right now. I know, and, and you you personally hate him as it is. No, I don't hate. What's wrong with him? Tell the audience what's wrong with him. The hamstring. Exactly. I know. I, I get that. I get that. So, I guess if you take the leap of faith that it's going to continue to be an issue and maybe Whitaker's the starter the whole way out, I'm not willing to take that leap at this point. If I'm desperate for running back help, I, I want the guy who at least I know is going to be around four weeks from now, five weeks from now. You could surmise that, that Whitaker will, that that Stewart will continue to have the problems. <laughs> you know what I just realized? What? We wasted 30 seconds of a valuable Arena Sports Network air with we going, no. <laughs> and you responding eight seconds later, yes! And me saying, no. <laughs> this is a terrible rating. Why is anybody I don't know. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm not convinced that that McKinnon is going to be that much more valuable than a Fozzie Whitaker. Yeah, we will agree to disagree. Sorry about that, Uncle Wiggly from Cleveland. Let's head to Eric from PA. He's actually got a lineup question, Rick, for this week. A.J. Green versus the Broncos, so it's another tough matchup for A.J., or Tyrell Wilson against the struggling Colts. And he, he helped us out by noting that they were struggling. A.J. Green against... He's playing the Broncos. Yeah. And Tyrell Williams is playing the Colts. For me, A.J. Green's well, matchup no. proof. No, yeah. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, what, what's the question? I mean, it's A.J. Green. <laughs> yeah. I, period. I know, William. I want to get back to, to Jarrett McKinnon. Uh, all right. All right. Peterson went out against Green Bay. Yes. Right? McKinnon <laughs> had two yards and minus one receiving. This guy is not. Going that was to a Stefan Diggs show. That was a Stefan Diggs show at that point, though. I'm just telling. What Asiata do? Did Asiata get all the work? Well, I don't remember them running the ball once Peterson went out. Yeah, I wasn't watching. I had the game on in the background as I was, you know, doing show wrap up. But anyhow, let's move on from that. We've agreed to disagree all as right. gentlemen do. Matt from West by Gum, Virginia, wants to know if it's time to drop Kobe Fle- Colby Fleener. If so, does he pick up Pitta, Rudolph, or Tammy? I'd pick up Pitta in a heartbeat if you could. For you, Fleener? You think it's a real deal with Pitta? Yeah. Pitta well, shows up a lot, and there's been a lot he's of He's been there. He's been chatter. there. He's just been banged up. Mm-hmm. But him and Flacco know each other. Yeah. And, and you can already see they haven't lost the chemistry. He's his check down now. He's his safety valve. Joe Flacco 
loves Dennis Pitta. Yeah, I, I have serious injury concerns for Pitta because he hasn't been able to stay on the field. But why he's healthy, he's clearly the number one pick up there. I agree. He, he is Flacco's favorite target at this point. It will continue to be such. And to answer the question, is it time to drop Kobe Fleener? Yes, absolutely. It was a bust in the preseason. Now, now we've seen two games. Yeah, Dean, we're going to go back to Dean. We begged you to take Jesse James, and he gave us a song and dance about needing the upside of Fleener. <laughs> so, so we gave him the thumbs up. But I'm telling you, Fleener, it, it's not there. The chemistry, it's not there with anybody, say, for about two big games with Benjamin Watson. It was a Jimmy Graham thing, Rick. It's not the tight ends in this offense. It's not the tight ends with Drew Brees. And I think it Dean, was Jimmy Graham. You're right, and I think Dean's going to get a stern lecture on Sunday morning, too. <laughs> Whether he calls in or not, he's still going to get a stern lecture. But you know what's really bad about Kobe Fleener is he had two catches for 29 yards uh, against the Giants, but he had eight targets. Right. Which, you know, you say, well, he was targeted eight times. You know, tight ends being a target. I mean, this isn't Gronk. This isn't Tony Gonzalez down the field. This is Kobe Fleener coming across. He should be making these catches. Yeah, he should catch six Heath Heath Miller. Made those tough catches and took a pounding. Right. That's what Kobe Fleener needs to do. He's not Tony Gonzalez. He is not Antonio Gates. He is not Rob Gronkowski. Right. And here's what's going to happen. And here's where Dean was right, and which is why I relented on this on Sunday. Go back to his couple of years in Indianapolis. He's going to go on like this and on like this, and all of a sudden, one week, Rick. He's going to catch nine for a buck forty and two touchdowns, yeah. right? That's what Fleener does. And then he's going to like Rip Van Winkle. Then he's going to go back to sleep for six weeks, and he's going to pop up in some game you don't expect it, and he's going to do it again. This has been his career. This is who this kid is. Here's something that I would suggest to, and I forget the gentleman's name. It was uh, Matt. Yeah, from- Matt. If you had somebody injured or just a, a bench warmer on your team, dump him and keep Fleener. Okay, this this is the first year that they've worked together. They're obviously Breeze is targeting the tight end. It's true. They haven't developed the timing of their chemistry. Maybe they may develop this come about week seven, week eight, and, and if they do, you certainly would want him on your team. But if you don't really have anybody to dump other than Fleener to pick up Pitta and you're in a win-now mode, right. you need some production. you yeah. got to get somebody that's already involved in the game. And I'll tell you, I have no doubts, Rick, on two things on this. I have no doubts that there will be two or three games that, that Kobe Fleener will put up those types of numbers we talked about. I also have no doubt that he will not be able to string it together consistently. So for that matter, for that fact, I might just cut ties. Because how are you going to know when that week's going to come? If Pitta keeps doing what he's doing, I don't see a scenario where you're going to say, this is the matchup, this is the week I'm going to plug Fleener. Maybe for a bye week, and if they don't have the same bye week, I don't know. So if you've got the roster space, it's always worth holding on to potential. But I just I have very little faith that he's going to be able to string any, anything consistent together. All right, Jamie from Texas, Rick, wants to know if you would take McKinnon or Langford this week in a half-point PPR. I'll let you take it first. You know, based on matchup and matchup alone, I think I'm going to go Langford here. 
I'm hoping against hope that Brian Hoyer makes a difference for Langford in the passing game. And that's what it's going to be in this half point in this half point PPR. McKinnon going up against Carolina. Sam Bradford, his second game with Minnesota against a really, really good defense, a defense that will turn you over a bunch. The adjustment away from Peterson. This is close for me because just as bad as Langford's been. I'm hoping to get a little Hoyer pop this week in week three, so I'm going to go with Langford. Not even close to me. Langford. We saw when Peterson went out before. It's not the Jarek McKinnick show. Well – and that's a big deal because it's Jeremy Langford in yeah. Chicago. And Bad as it's been, he's the only game in town. And he's, he's had a couple of touchdowns. And, yeah, I, you go Langford all day long. All right. Oscar from Maryland, somewhere I will be driving through tomorrow. PPR, Hyde, or Jeremy Hill? <laughs> yeah. You know, boy, I better check the schedule. Do you have the schedule in front of you? I do. So, Jeremy Hill, Cincinnati, will be taking on Denver. I don't like that. Carlos Hyde will be taking on Seattle. (laughs) I'm not thrilled with that. I don't like him with good matchups. It's really – I think I'm going Hyde. Yeah, it's actually not even close for me. Jeremy Hill has been so bad. I had written down – I don't know where we wanted to get to it, and we didn't. He has 20 carries in two weeks. 20 carries. Only 53 yards in the one touchdown, but 20 carries in two weeks. He can't even get on the field. When he gets on the field, he does nothing with him. He's you know barely – he's less than three yards a carry when he gets on the field, which he's rarely on, and he's going up against that Denver defense. I'm not going any – Jeremy Hill is poisoned this week especially, and he's pretty much poisoned until, Gio, until and if Gio Bernard goes down the rest of the way. Jeremy Hill, after that huge rookie campaign, has just circled the drain. I agree, hundred percent. I'm, uh, I'm waiting on some panic, more panic trade questions. All right, well, let, let's go down and find you one of those. Uh, here we go, Chris from Chicago. He was offered Demarco Murray and Will Fuller for Todd Gurley. Should he make the move? Yeah, yeah. I think I think absolutely. I, you're getting enough value. Your filler, Fuller, that's a guy we didn't talk about. He's done it two weeks in a row now, eclipsed 100, plus Hopkins got his 100. I felt a little bit better about that. Hopkins is going to be the guy who's going to get the touchdowns. I mean, if you give me six or seven catches a week and pushing 100 yards out of Fuller, and DeMarco Murray, I was worried that I was worried he was Chester Taylor to Derrick Henry's Adrian Peterson, if you remember that low those many years ago. Oh, yeah. It doesn't seem to be panning out. Murray's moving the ball, and, and – in very limited doses, Henry's having a hard time getting on the field. So I you're getting enough value is, there. I think a lot of it is Houston's a good team. I don't think people realize the improvements that that nine and seven campaign last year was spoke volumes of, of the direction they're going. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're a pretty good team. They're in a bad division. Which also bodes well for them. And let's look at the other side of the coin. That's a crummy team. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's easy. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. All right, let me comb through here, find more of these trade questions. I think this one's easy, too. Should I trade Allen Robinson and Jamal Charles for Mike Evans and DeMarco Murray in a standard league? 
Yes, yes, a million times, yes. Yeah, because I don't think you're going to get anything out of Charles no. this year. I think I think Jamal Charles is done. I truly do. I mean, I hate to say it. Yeah. I said it, it was I'm, in the preseason. I'm not as confident in that, especially as where isn't doing what he did last year. If they can keep resting him, get him back healthy midway through the season, I think Jamal Charles has some value. But let's break this down to the sum of its parts. At its absolute worst, Rick, Allen Robinson and Mike Evans is pretty much a push, right? Right. Robinson, if he becomes the Robinson we expected and the Robinson he was last year, is going to score a lot more touchdowns. But in terms of receptions, now this is, this is a standard league, so that factors in a little bit. I think at worst this is about a push. And then you look at Jamal Charles for DeMarco Murray. You look at what Murray's doing. Charles can't get on the field right now, and he's a big question mark down the road. So I don't think you lose enough at the receiver, and you're gaining DeMarco Murray over Jamal Charles. I, agree. So I, I make that move right now. Yep. Although, I tell you what, I don't hate if, if the price is low. I don't hate this price is too high going out and trying to acquire Jamal Charles. If you can get him at a good, reasonable rate and you're st- solid enough and you got room in your bench to sit on him and wait, I, I'm not co- as confident as you, Rick, that something doesn't happen for Jamal Charles if they keep waiting. You know, if he comes back and we, I think he was practicing with the scout team this week. So there's say he comes back week six or seven. Something, there's something just not right. He got injured last year. And everything was good to go, according to the Chiefs. And everything was good to go. And then, well, all of a sudden, he's behind schedule. And that was in the preseason. And now he can't even get on the field. I mean, we're talking months now. Right. Not weeks. Yeah. Months. I mean, that scares me. Oh, it definitely makes me nervous. But if he's hanging around, if he's getting better, you know, I'm talking week eight, week nine, week ten, maybe there's something there. Like if you can get the right price, it certainly doesn't hurt to stash him is all I'm True. saying. True. No, I agree. All right, Rick, which side of this trade do you like, Eddie Lacy and T.Y. Hilton for Jordy Nelson? Nelson. I, I think I make the Nelson. Lacy. He's just not what he was that rookie year, right? Is that what we can glean from what we've seen? Can we make that determination in two weeks? I don't know if we can make that determination because we haven't seen anything from the Green Bay offense. Right. Period. I, I just don't think that that team's in gear. And I like, you know, I always usually traditionally like the multiple side of a trade over one person. Normally, because if that one person gets hurt, your whole side of the deal's gone. Right. But Jordy Nelson, if if this team gets in gear, like we're talking about, i.e., where Lacey gets going, which means the offense is going, Jordy Nelson eclipses any production Lacey's putting out. Right. No, so he no tr- he trumps. Everything yeah. else. E- even lazy. And a Hilton, he's about to throw away at this point. I'll be curious, you're going up against San Diego, although you wouldn't know it in that Jacksonville game. I think a little easier defense to go again. Now you take Moncrief out of the equation. What's it mean for T.Y. Hilton? I think we learned a lot about T.Y. Hilton this week, quite frankly, of who he's going to be. I think you're right. All right. Well, that, that's all the crazy trade questions. I threw a lot of them out because they were so ridiculous, Rick. So let's get into some lineup questions. Travis from Boston's got himself a QB quandary this week. Does he take Big Ben versus the Eagles or Matt Ryan versus the Saints? Oh, Matt Ryan. 
I, I, I think you have to. He's leading the league in passing. He's leading fan, all fantasy quarterbacks in scoring, and he's against a horrifying defense and a division opponent. Although I have to say, raise your hand if you had a game between the Saints and the Giants being played in the teens last week with the Giants winning and not scoring an offensive touchdown. This is why I I hate football. I hate fantasy football. And quite frankly, Rick, I don't know why we waste ours and anyone else's time because we really don't know what the hell is going to happen from week to week. Did you see that one coming? The thing is, nobody does, but you have to – I mean – you know, we've seen so, over all the years, we've seen so many of this. You know, I mean, Matt or whatever his name is, he could be a 18-year-old kid for all I know. Yeah, he probably. Fantasy football one year. But you have to play, you know, and it almost goes against my my theory. I mean, he obviously drafted Big Ben as his number one quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's hard to bench him. Oh, right. The so, guy we universally think is going to finish as a top four quarterback. Right. I mean, I wouldn't really care who you put in there, but I just think the odds, and I don't know, I think Pittsburgh's going to, you know, here's a little sneak preview. I think Pittsburgh's going to truck Philadelphia, too. Do you? I do. Do you buy in? The, I agree on paper that should happen for whatever reason, and you know how every team has that one team or that one place. Pittsburgh, it, Philadelphia is a house of horrors for the Steelers anytime they play there in the regular season. They struggle there. So I factor that in, whether that's relevant or not, Rick, whether you buy into that no, stuff or they, not. Yeah, there's certain. So you take that versus a what Matt. quarterback that's right, right. beaten Cleveland and Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So let, let's not let's call Canton and tell him to hold off on carving the bust. <laughs> I, I agree with that. But what I'm saying is you factor that into the – way Matt Ryan has started in the matchup that he has, I think I do lean Matt Ryan here, where to your point in most weeks, I'm going to say, just play Big Ben, don't overthink it, you know, it's it's week three, you idiot or stupid or whatever we said in week one, let's calm down. But in this case, that's just one more tick that makes me think this is the time where you go against our, our basic philosophy and go ahead and play Matt Ryan. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking just – just add it logically. New Orleans has the 30th ranked passing defense this year. 336 yards a game. Matt Ryan's leading the league in passing. Right. Therefore, he'll pass for 180 yards and, and he'll lose nine. Yeah, three yeah, yeah that's what will happen. But, but start logically, Matt Ryan you start Matt Ryan. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll leave it at that. All right, Rick, we're running out of time. Let's pick some tough ones here. Uh, that, that one's – well – is it done? Hey, if, well, if we I'm took, all for tough, man. If we took him over Big Ben, we're, we're certainly going to take him over Andrew Luck. Steve from Indy wants us to pick two in a PPR. All right, all right. let me get my pen. Get your pen ready. You I ready? got it. Tyrell Williams. All right. Tajay Sharp. Jeremy Macklin. And Charles Sims. So one must be a flex spot. Is PPR, you said? It is indubitably. Give me Macklin, obviously. Yeah. And I think I'm going Sims. He's the guy in Tampa. Sharp hasn't shown me enough yet that I want to put him in my lineup. Yeah, I was emboldened by those seven catches in week one. He was a disappointment right. against Detroit last week. Yeah, that was kind of a weird game, yeah, too. I'm, I'm not writing Sharp off. 
But I like Sims. He's been producing even when Martin was in there. Martin's out of there. I mean, he, he's the show right now. Yeah, and going up and, against L.A., you know, play a good front seven. Easy, right. They're going to be getting him the ball in space. He's going to have opportunities, <clears throat> I think. So that's going to be a tough game for him defensively. Macklin easily number one. I'm still taking a wait and see on Tyrell Williams. I yeah, don't think you can too. take anything away from that game last week. Although, you, know, you talk about panic. Antonio Gates has done nothing in two games. Right. Two games where they were good offensively, at least for six of the quarters out of those two games. And, you know, Travis Benjamin, I do kind of buy into the big week he had last week. Yeah, Philip Rivers likes to chuck, and he's a guy you can just chuck to. He'll go make you a play. So all of that aside, Tyrell Williams is a question mark. I'm going to take Sims over Sharp here, too. This is going to be one of those deals, a volume, an opportunity play. Sims is going to get a – don't give me to quiz Rodgers. I see his name popping up everywhere. I didn't put any of those questions in the mailbag. Don't give me quiz. He's failed every opportunity he's had. So I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go Sims and Macklin. All right, Rick. I don't know how tough this is, but he, we need one receiver. Chris from New York needs one receiver and one flex and a PPR. No. So I know you're just going to say yes on the first one, Kelvin Benjamin. Yes. So choose between Jordy Nelson and Jarvis Landry. PPR? Yes, sir. <clears throat> I can't. I, I love to know what this guy's team is that, he, that he's not starting all three of these guys. Well, Jarvis Landry could be had in the seventh or eighth round this year because everybody hated him. But – do they not have a flex? I mean, that's my question. I mean, Jarvis – okay, say you, you drafted Jordy Nelson and Calvin Benjamin for your wide receivers. Right. And that's it? You just have two wide receivers There's no flex? I'm I mean, just reading the question, I'm Rick. Just, answer I'm, it for Well, I, I want this guy to write in we and tell him. me what the hell's going on with this league. <laughs> All right, well, we'll Chris do that, but for right now, um, 30 seconds. Calvin Benjamin. Yes. Landry. I'm with you 100. percent I'm. It sounds stupid to say, but I'm going to take a wait and see Let's on do Green another Bay. Real quick one. All right, we we got to do real quick here. Pick one in a standard. Mike Wall standard. This is important. Wallace, Willie Sneed, Randall Cobb. Sneed. I'm still going Sneed. I think right. the yardage will be there. Yeah. Yeah. I like the touchdowns for Mike Wallace, but I wonder how long it's going to go. Exactly. On. I have no faith in him. Willie Sneed, I do because it's a prolific offense. Absolutely. All right, we're out of time. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Good luck in week two. Don't forget, email the show, asylumfootball at gmail.com, at asylumfootball on Twitter to be part of the mailbag. Check us out Sunday morning, 10 o'clock Eastern, Blog Talk Radio and AsylumFantasySports.com for the inside slant. You can call the show, email the show, be part of the chat room, get all of your week three questions answered. We'll be back next week here on the Arena Sports Network, arenasportsnet.com. Until then, we'll see you. Take care. Look at her face. She ain't a fool of me. She thinks my tractor's sexy. It really turns her on. It's a good song, Rick. Yeah, my dog's bitten me. She thinks my tractor's sexy. I hate when you take off the head, I hate it. She likes the way we're pulling while we're tilling up a land. She's even kind of crazy about my farmer's tan. She's the only one who really understands what gets me. My tractor sexy. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.